And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Basketball is back. It's finally back. You keep saying that every time. <laughs> it's still back, technically. It's still back. Uh, the Thunder win last night, 108-94 in Oklahoma City. Ooh, in, in, a, in a game, I felt like there was such a range of emotions that existed within the Thunder fan base yesterday that it was just, I felt like we were, we were pretty down to start the day. Oh, I, I was prepared for the worst, Andrew. I especially because beginning of the day, we didn't know. We we assumed Kawhi was playing. Yeah. So even though we knew PG was out, you're thinking, oh man, we don't have like any of our creators, and we're having to play this Clippers team with Kawhi coming back, who who they haven't looked amazing to start the season. Like this, yeah. this feels like a get right game for them. Mm-hmm. Like this, this could be bad. Mm-hmm. This could be like a blowout where we don't learn anything. There's no context to anything that's happening on the court because all of the important guys aren't playing. Well, it's coming off of a game that was so horrific The yeah. in their third game against the T-Wolves where it's like, man, I don't know if they could look worse than this. This is, this is about as bad as it gets. And then like you remove Giddy fully from the equation. You're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Is this is this Memphis part two? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just I was worried we were going to be coming on today, just have nothing to talk about. <laughs> but but then Shay is healthy, ready to go. Yep. Instantly, you're feeling good, and then you find yep. out Kawhi's not playing, which is wild a, sto- a wild story in and of itself. I know. He's so and, the Clippers are staying in town because yeah. they play here Thursday, and. It's just it's just a weird story. He's flying. Kawhi's flying back because he has knee stiffness. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to feel good about Kawhi. Kawhi is such a weird person. I walked by him a few times in the back hallways, and you just just feel uncomfortable being near him. <laughs> well, I mean, I you know you read some of the Clippers fan comments, and they're like. Hey, it's October. You'd rather them be conservative now. Yeah. And and I totally get that. It's more just the fact that, you know, he hasn't played for so long. Yeah. And you would think that all that time off, he's going to be able to ramp up and then c- continue playing mm-hmm. because it's been so long. The fact that he's still experiencing knee stiffness, man, 
Like, like, how how are you supposed to feel good about the rest of the season? Like, I don't know. You you have to have that in the back of your mind this entire time. I know. But anyways, that's their problem. <laughs> that's not a, ours. That is their problem. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's a uh, it's unfortunate. It's only a pick swap with the Clippers because if there's yeah for real there's knee stiffness. Because you know, watching them, like they look old in comparison to the Thunder. They really did. They really did. There was, and like the truth is, they're they are kind of old, <laughs> you know. They are, but at the same time, the whole idea with them is like, oh, they are so deep. This is basically the same regular season team because those two guys were hurt a lot last year. I know that you know made it all the. I mean, for the we didn't think that pick was going to be anything because they had been so good in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And watching them last night, and of course it's just one game, but they haven't looked great. In other games, either it's just like, hmm, all this all this depth talk isn't really showing up in an interesting way yet. Yeah, Reggie was particularly like brutal. He was getting he was getting roasted by <laughs> th- by multiple Thunder players. He was really bad. He was four seventeen, was. one of six from three, and then defensively, like he's just not there. Yeah, I mean, Zubak might be. Might have been their best player <laughs> last night. I mean, you talk, you hear the yeah. Thunder talk after the game, and that's who they talked about almost exclusively. Really, you know about just on how they how they like changed the way they defended. And I was asked, I asked Mark about uh, the Poku substitutions. Um, yeah, which was just so weird. I mean, Poku was in and out, in and out. He like played like a thirty second spurt, and then he was like back out again. I was like, "What is going?" Like, I just turn over to I'm sitting by uh, Barry Trammell and Joe Masato. I'm just look over them like, "What is going on?" Like, am I crazy here to think that this is weird? Like, this is so weird. And Mark, Mark, uh, I asked Mark specifically about Baisley after the second Minnesota game, and Mark didn't didn't like that I was singling Baisley out. Um, oh really? And then so I was like, I was like, Joe, am I? I was like, I'm gonna have like either either you're gonna take the bullet for me, or I'm just gonna have to ask him about Poku. Like I just have to do it. I just like I can't control myself. If that question isn't asked, like I need to know, like what the heck is going on. Um, so I asked him, but Mark was actually pretty gracious with that question. He's like, it was really just matchup dependent. He's like, it was all about Zubak, you know, Uh-oh. and yeah. like when he was on the court, when he wasn't, and. It's like okay, like that's a satisfactory answer. Like just, just give me something, just because it was very unconventional. Um. Well, we've definitely buried the the lead story, Andrew. We're seven <laughs> minutes in, and uh, we haven't talked about Mister Trey Man. Trey Man, Andrew. Shoot. Who? Uh. Listen. When I was watching his game last night, mm-hmm. I was thinking back to the Saturday Slam and Jam we did. With Keith, yeah, talking about the Grizzlies, yeah, and we we're asking him to compare this current version of the Grizzlies to the Mark Gasol Grizzlies, and he mm-hmm. said something to the effect of, "It's weird because back then I thought I was watching a contender, but now that I'm actually watching a team with a high <laughs> ceiling, I'm looking back at those Gasol teams and realizing, like, oh, this is what it actually feels like." Yeah, and watching Trey Mann last night, I was thinking about all these young Thunder players that we've seen over the years. Where like you think they had a game with flashes, like you think yeah. they had a good game, and then you watch that game last night, and you're like, oh, 
that's what it looks like when a guy is like actually taking the next step. Like that's what it looks like to level up because yeah. Trey Mann is a completely different player mm-hmm. than he was a year ago. Yeah. And, and, the, and of course the hilarious thing is that he hasn't, his three ball hasn't fallen yet. It didn't fall last night either. I think he was two for eight, but everything else is different. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Like he, the, the, the finishes he was making at the rim, mm-hmm. especially in that first half, like the degree of difficulty on some of those was like, uh, you know, eight out of 10, nine out of 10, like those were really tough finishes. And it wasn't like he was just throwing the ball up. Yeah. Because we, we did see some of that from Lou Dort, where especially he had a play. I think it was in the second half <sighs> where he drove in and he just threw it up. Just threw, it just yeah. Airballed. Yeah. Just went over the rim. See you later. Yeah. Trey was so controlled with his body. Mm-hmm. And even though those were acrobatic finishes, it wasn't him just like throwing up a prayer. Yeah. Like he was controlled, knew what he was doing, had the touch to get it done. Those were super impressive plays. And that is an aspect of his game that we worried about last year. Because mm-hmm. I can't remember his exact numbers, but he didn't finish well around the rim last year. No, and he, he did not. <clears throat> it was the, I mean, even his, just his two point percentage in general was yeah. just not good enough. And so it was one of those things that you expect it's going to improve over time because you saw how, you know, like how much uh, muscle he could put on. I didn't expect it to happen over the course of one summer. Yeah. And of course it's early, so you don't want to get too excited, but he looks like a completely different player in that aspect of his game. Yeah, from zero like, to three feet, he was fifty three percent, which is not okay, not good enough. Yeah, not good. Um, but it was everything else too. Like the dude taking charges, Andrew took multiple charges. Uh, one of what? them, one of them on uh, was Terrence Mann, man on man, man on man. I asked, uh, I asked the... him about. I've asked him if he thought about there being another. T man on the other side of the court from him. Yeah, is this like another thing where I'm just like, I'm sitting there and I've already asked like a real question. I asked him about his defense, and he just said like, he's like Mark made it clear last year that if I didn't defend, that I wouldn't play. And so he's like, I like have to devote myself to it. It's like right now. So then I was just like, it's like, do you ever did you like spend any time thinking about there being another T man on the other side of the court? Like you guarded each other in the first half of the game. He just got. Hey, man, do you, do you ever look at the back of his jersey and think, hey, is that me? Is that me? You have there? to think about it. Like, you just have, I mean, if it were me, I'd be thinking about it. I'd be talking to him about it. Hey, you know, I would just, I don't know. I just had to ask him. He just giggled and said no. <laughs> well, I, I don't think there will ever be another Schlecht on any basketball court. If there was, play. if there was another A Schlecht, I would have to ask. I'd have to like talk well, about it. I would have, have to think to, about in it. In that case, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Uh, but then it was, uh, I mean, there were just so many things about his game. And this is the thing. I kind of want to go back and watch like the Boston game from last year or yeah. whatever game he scored 29 and see how it was different. Because in my head, the, the big Trey Mann game was always going to be him getting super hot from three, mm-hmm. hitting like eight threes in a game. And that was going to be like the awesome Trey Mann game. The Trey Mann game we got last night, he hit two threes. Like, he was 25% from three. And it might have been his best game of his NBA career because of everything else that was involved. The offensive rebound he got 
towards the end of that game where he ran in from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't remember who he was going up against. And he kept it alive. He passed it back out, relocated, hit a corner three. Like, that was... It was some insane. of this stuff is incredible. Yeah, it was insane. He had two offensive boards last night. I mean, those, that's just something that you wouldn't have seen from him last year where he's just flying in for an offensive rebound because he's not yeah. you know, truly in position for these boards. Um, it, was, it was just very impressive. Um, and the way that he – I mean, he had to save the ball from going out of bounds and then just kind of stay put in the corner, and then Shea found him. I mean that was really something. That was that was a big that was like one of those moments, you know, like sometimes you remember just random plays during like random games of players um kind of as they're trending upward in the league and this is one of those games that I think like, you could remember from Trey like the, the thing about Trey is like we know he's a good shooter and he hadn't shot the ball well yet. You know, he's 24% overall on the season from three. He's six of 25. And you can still say, like, he's had, like, a really good start to the season. He's averaging 15 points, three boards, three assists per game, and a a steal per game in these four games. And he's shooting 24% from three, and he's averaging 15 points. I mean, we're just talking, like, if he just shoots 35%, which I think is even below what he's capable of. Like, I think he's a better shooter than 35%. That, you know, he's 18 points a game, like, pretty easily. You know? Yeah, like, I could, for sure. I could see a world where that exists. Now, we don't have, like, the full complement of players here, and what does it look like when everybody's healthy, if that's even possible. You know, I don't know. Um, but you can definitely see that, you know, before the season started, we knew it was Shea and Giddy that were going to like elevate themselves. I think Dort, we can talk, we'll, we'll save the Dort conversation for a little bit, but Dort had kind of elevated himself from like the, an entire group just from what he's done in the past. And it's just like, who, like, who's next? Like, who's, who's going to show up? Yeah. And, and Trey is like, Trey has entered the chat. Trey is a part of this group of guys that I think could be a part of the next like really good Thunder team. And you feel good about him getting minutes now too, because mm-hmm. there's so much broccoli in his game. Yeah. That that like Mark must must be in love right now because like he, he's just completely changed yep. his approach to the game from a year ago. Without a and, doubt. Yeah. I mean, he obviously got a ton of minutes last night. He got 36 minutes last night. Um, but yeah, I also wanted to point out his his passing. There was one play. It didn't actually end in a score, but he drove in the ball and then did a wraparound pass to JRE, mm-hmm. who immediately went up and he got blocked. But like he, he has vision, too. Mm-hmm. And it's a part of his game that has never shown up in the stats as much as it shows up if you're just watching his game. Like if if you watch Trey live, you can see that he has like passing chops. Yeah. Um, but then you'll go look at his stats and like, you know, he'll, I, don't, I don't know if he had more turnovers and assists last year, but it, it's, it's not like you're blown away by his passing stats. Um, yeah, but you had, see he it. He had and more assists than turnovers last year. He did. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, like last night, four assists, one turnover. And, you know, that that pass to Jerry, which was a beautiful pass and a lot of times would have been another assist. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he is just really developing all facets of his game at once um, in a way that is super exciting. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't want to put a ceiling on him yeah. at all. Don't so do I'm just going to leave that open. Don't do it. And just say that that I'm I'm very excited for the development. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm probably more excited about him through these first four games than anyone else on the team. Yeah. Because everyone else on the team is either someone that they're kind of doing what I thought or they're massively disappointing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's you can you can see it. And you know, credit to to Presti and to his whole team for drafting him and then credit, you know, it's it's one thing to draft a player. It's another thing to take a player like Trey and actually develop him. You know, like you've seen like real development happening over the course of a year and happen like really fast. I mean, it's, it's astonishing where we are. And we talk about this almost all the time. I feel like with Trey, where he started, where they were saying like, he can't, he's not responding very well to NBA length and speed. Like, he's getting a shot blocked all the time in practice. Yeah. You know, they offer that information up, and it's like, oh, my gosh. And then to see him now, I mean, it's pretty astonishing. And it's it's good for uh, it's good for the mental health of Michele to seeing what Trey Murphy did uh, last night. Um, yeah, for sure. To have yeah. a <laughs> to draft Trey Man, who's younger, and, you know, just to have a versatile guard that can shoot it and create like that, I mean, to have two of them in Shea and Trey, the, the Shea-Trey duo. I mean, we've had we've had Westbrook in Oklahoma City, and, you know, we had Chris Paul for one season, but it almost feels like we really didn't, you know, like actually, like, have Chris Paul. Um, but to have two guards that can really create like this is really fun. And I think that there's a third who just had his eyeball broken, Um and yeah. he's on his way back. Like to have those three plus Chet, I mean, you have to be feeling really good. And then like you have guys like Ken Rich, and I thought I thought Wiggins was really good last night too. Um, yeah, he was for and sure. I, I don't think Dort is as bad as what he's shown, you know, through four games. <laughs> I would um, hope not. Um but like there's a there's there's a real team here. And it's and if you're not watching the Thunder night in, night out, you're not gonna see it. You, if you're like box score watching, you probably look at this and say that well, Kawhi and Paul George didn't play. Like this game doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, you know, you even look at Trey's line. Like he's ten of twenty-four, like forty-one percent, twenty-five percent from three. Like who cares? Like that's not anything crazy. Um, but if you're actually watching the game and you've actually seen these guys develop, um, it's it's a big deal. Like this is like there's actual development happening in Oklahoma City and I think maybe it won't be noticed this year but I think this team will eventually catch people by surprise because I think that that they could be pretty good you add Chet who's been kind of developing in the background and getting used to the NBA life you know a lot of these rookies who miss their their first year and come back and have their second year as their rookie year they're ready to contribute right away. And there's a chance that Chet comes in and does that, along with year three Trey Man, 
along with year three Giddy, and you're like, oh wow, like how how are the Thunder good so suddenly? It must be Chet. Like Chet's like really changed everything. When the truth is that you know you have Trey Man developing, you have Shea turning into a a two way player. Honestly, Shea the last two seasons has not been a good defender. Like just like yeah. straight up not played well on that end. And he's taking pride on that. And he had three steals and three blocks last night. And they were all, like, pretty meaningful plays. Uh, That, to me, has been – I mean, obviously, Shea just looks ridiculous. I mean, he's able to come off an injury and just jump right back in. He did that from training camp into the season. Uh, He had the hip contusion. He said that. So why he was listed as out, I asked him about it after the game. He said that Monday morning he just didn't – he was feeling better but wasn't feeling up for, like, getting on the court or anything like that and had a treatment done and then felt a little bit better. And then he said yesterday morning that he felt really good. And then <clears throat> that afternoon they made the decision for him to play. Um, but Shay, to me, if, if Shay was in a big market <clears> – <throat> If Shea was on a team that was winning right now, I think people would categorize him differently. I just think that this guy, like he's, to me, he has like all the markings of a superstar, like gets to the free throw line. He hadn't missed a free throw yet this season. He shot nine last night. Um, Only took two threes, like just dominated the game without shooting threes, but can also shoot threes. Like, I don't know. Like this guy's unreal. His line was absurd. And, you know, there are people on Twitter, Andrew, making fun of me for drafting Shea to my fantasy team because they said, you of all people should know how the Thunder are going to handle him. This is when we thought we were, he's going to be out. <laughs> and then he shows up, shoots 50% from the field, 100% from the line, 33-5-8, three blocks, three steals. Unbelievable. Just incredible. And watching it, the thing that jumped out was what he was doing in the mid-range because yeah. – those are the kind of shot. Those are superstar shots. Yep. Like a, a lot of guys, just their coaches don't want them to take them, and so the the type of guys you think of are guys like Kevin Durant, Demar Derozan, those guys who live in the mid range. CP3. CP3. And last night, like Shea was just taking what the defense was giving him, and they were giving him that mid range shot, and he was killing them. He wasn't like keeping them honest by making you know a couple. Mm-hmm. He was hitting everything to the point where. You know, if I, if that was in the playoffs, like you you just have to get up on him. You have to guard him in the mid range because he was so automatic. Well, and that's the thing. This is like why the next evolution of his game is so important because he led the league in drives last year when he played, and a guy yeah. that can finish and he can finish so well at the rim too. And so, if you've got the mid range, if you've got you know the finishing acrobatically at the rim where it's not. Burst of speed, I have to be like crazy athletic to get there, but it's like stop and start. I'm going to really just like deceive you with the way that I'm moving. I mean, I don't know. Like these, I mean, he's 24, but he's not 27. He's on his way to becoming one of the best scorers in the NBA. Like I, f- I fully believe that. I fully believe that we're watching like a true star forming in Oklahoma City. And there's, to me, there's just so much hope with this team. And I know that there's been times with this rebuild where it just feels 
Like, when is it going to end? How is it going to look like? How is it going to happen? I, I don't think... I think this team is going to show a lot of flashes. They showed some flashes last night. They're also going to lose a lot of games. They're the youngest team in the NBA. Um, and that's just a part of it. But I think especially whenever Chet comes back next year and you get to see the development of these other players along with Shea... Uh, this this is a team that's going to be good, honestly, sooner than later. I don't I don't know how much longer you could possibly like hold this team back, mostly because of Shea, and it's almost, I mean, it's is really an accomplishment to get the second pick and the sixth pick with Shea on your team, because you look at a team like the Spurs or Utah, and I know they've played well to start the season. That's cool. They will soon discover that they're bad and they will lose a lot of games. They need. They don't have a Shea. They're hoping to get Shea, a Shea-like player in this in this upcoming draft. And it's kind of wild that the Thunder basically. I mean, they started their rebuild with him, and then got are getting to add two players, and we'll add another meaningful player in this next draft. And then we talk about the draft capital that they have later on. You know, when Shea is like entering his true prime of like 27 years old, the Thunder are going to have, you know, four or five extra picks to use to, to spend on this roster. I mean, there's, if you're having trouble explaining like the hope that you should have with this team, like it's, it's actually quite easy to get there. Yeah. And the, the thing that was impressive last night was the whole summer, like after, OKC drafted Chet, we're talking about, oh my gosh, they're finally going to have some spacing for Shea. Mm -hmm. Because we saw what happened last year where teams would just kind of pack the paint oh, and, yeah. and and Shea would still get to the to, to the rim. But they, they would sag off all the shooters, pack the paint, and say, okay, we just have to worry about Shea. Mm -hmm. Well, one way to fix that is with spacing. Another way is to become super dominant in the mid-range, mm -hmm. which it kind of felt like that's what he did last night yep because he was basically telling them like i don't yes i'm the best driver in the game but i don't have to drive i can pull up from here and kill you too mm -hmm. and the fact that he is evolving his game in that way without the spacing that we're all you know hoping <laughs> hoping <laughs> comes at some point last night in case you didn't watch the game they shot four of 30 from three only shay and trey made a three 13.3 percent my prediction that they are going to be top half and three-point percentage. Only looking bolder, Andrew. <laughs> there, there's, there's no pepper hot enough to capture that take at this point. Yeah, your mouth is a chimenea right now. Yes. Like this, is, um, this, is not, this is not good. Yeah, yeah that, the, the fact that he's evolving without space, because his space is still not um, manifested in any way. Um, that, that, is, that is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. You you were looking it up last night. It's happened one other time in Thunder history that the uh, the Thunder have shot that poorly from the field and from three and won by double digits. Uh, no. So okay. So there's been 30 games in franchise history where they've shot under 40 percent from the field, under 20 yeah. percent from three. They've now won three of those games, but the margin in the other two was plus one and plus two, which makes yeah. sense. And one of those was an overtime game. Yeah. And then last night they win by plus 14. Yeah, that's what I... Uh, um, oh, this is the first time that they've won by double digits. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, the only time the only time it's ever happened then. It is. And like you can, you know, obviously if you're just looking at the percentages, you're like, how did this possibly happen? It's but then you look at the offensive rebounds. Well, he had 21 offensive rebounds to seven. They took 110 shots to 83 shots. That's the game. That's the game right there to me. Like that's it. 110 to 83 in shot in shot attempts. You win every time. Like you can't. You you take 20. You have 27 more tries at the basket than the other team. You're gonna. You are going to win the game. Like that's just that's just like basic math. If you if they got twenty seven more shots than the other team, you you're just gonna win the basketball game. It didn't matter. I mean, honestly, if this was a normal shooting game, they win by thirty. Yeah. Yes. If you they know? just hit like ten threes, which was which would probably be right around their average, that would have been thirty three percent. Yeah. You go. T- yeah. You go ten of thirty. Them. Yeah. You you win you win this game. Hey hey, points. you do the math. Do the math. We don't have to do it. Uh, Andrew, do you know where OKC currently ranks in rebounds per game in the league? Oh man, it's actually—it's got to be kind of high. Uh, fourth, they are second only wow. to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wow, who they out rebounded uh, in one game? Who they out rebounded? That's right. Uh, do you know where do you think their defense is currently ranked? Oh gosh, we're, we're going team numbers four games in uh, uh, eighth. Um, no, they're 14th. Okay. But, uh, you know, that's about where I, I think they could be. I think that's like a realistic ranking for the Thunder, and they have not had an easy opening to the schedule. I mean, you look at some of these other teams, uh, it's interesting. Uh, Memphis is down at the bottom again. Yeah. Um, but Detroit's down there. Houston's down there. Indy's down there. Mm-hmm. Orlando's down there. Mm-hmm. I a question I really wanted to ask preseason, but I didn't know exactly how to word it. Mm-hmm. Was if you look at the four tanking teams of the last couple of years, mm-hmm. Houston, Orlando, Detroit, OKC, who would you project would have the best individual unit? So like offense or defense? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's going to be OKC's defense. I think OKC's defense will be ranked higher than any of those other teams' offense or defense at the end of the season. Um, right I, now, I think that's, I that, think that's correct. That is true. Right now, that is true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is definitely something I want to watch because, man, if you're getting buy-in from Shea and Trey Mann, they're bought in, man. And this and this team was already 17th in defense last year. Yeah. Like, if those guys are healthy, like this team is going to be top half in defense. Yeah, it's a huge credit to the coaching staff. And like the de- the demands that they put on these guys, the uh, the word last night, the uh, the buzzword last night post game was evolve. Evolve. He uh, Mark was saying that he's asking all of these players to evolve, and I was trying to make Pokemon jokes to Joe Masato last night about it. Not a Pokemon guy, so I was just talking. Well, I'm just talk- glad you weren't making those myself. jokes to Mark in the press conference. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to really control myself on that. So, one. so, so, Mark, do you think that Trey has passed his his Charmander stage? Yeah is is he is is he a full are we are we Pikachu to Raichu yet with uh <laughs> you know with with Trey? I'm gonna yeah, have to be really, really tight con- if he if he responded honestly to that question though. I would like <laughs> to know what he thinks. 
That would actually be a really helpful way for me to think about the progress of some of these guys. Yeah. I uh, compared Poku to a Mewtwo last night. Like, he's trying to become Mewtwo. He's Mew right now, trying to become Mewtwo. Mm, yes. That's a, that's, a tough, that's a tough evolution there for Poku. Um, okay, so... Let's take a break after, yeah, was, after the Pokemon talk and uh, regroup and uh, talk, about, talk about some other thundery things. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man very very easy process linkedin isn't just a job board linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place on linkedin 86 percent of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back after that quick break. Al, what else stuck out to you from last night? Well, like a sore gotta thumb. Talk, <laughs> gotta talk about Lou Dort. Yeah. Who uh Mark, you know, Mark defended him in the post game, talking about how good he was defensively. And uh plus twenty five. Plus twenty five. Yeah, best plus minus on the team last night. Um Obviously, if they're going to be a top-half defense, you're going to need Lou Dort being Lou Dort. Yeah. But offensively, 
This is like the worst I've ever seen Dort. Um, the it, and it's kind of the everything, but his touch is just vanished. Not not that he ever had like amazing touch to begin with, mm-hmm. but it seems to have gotten worse. You compare like he took two layups in those first two minutes of the game. Yeah, that that he missed. And I was talking earlier about the degree of difficulty on Trey's, you know, rim attempts. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say those were like wide open layups, but those were much easier layups that Lou Dort got. One one had Zub on him. That was really that was really tough. One was just a finger roll that he just whiffed. I mean, he should he should have honestly should have dunked the ball. Um, Yeah, as which has been an issue in the past. Yeah. Once he just got wanting there. him to dunk the ball, Zubak um, really, and, really bothered him though. Like Zubak, Zubak is a giant. He's, I mean, easily the the biggest guy on the court. It, he really did bother Dory. Like you go back and look at it, and a few of those drives, like Zub is just right there. Um, but this is, but this has been going. This isn't unique to this game. I mean, this yeah, is to me. It's to me. It's less finishing and it's more decision making. Like don't if you see him there. Like find a better shot. Well, and we're seeing that from Poku too, yeah, in a negative way. Where like he'll get in there and then think like, I guess I'm close enough where I have to shoot it, mm-hmm. and instead of just passing out, and then he throws up like some of the <laughs> he's he's had some goofy attempts. He has in these first couple of games from right around the rim. He's been he's been every bit of Poku that he can be. Yeah, but yeah, Lou, I mean, he he was 0 for 6 last night from 3. The one shot he made was not a good shot. It was like him mid-ranger. It was like right from the foul line. Yeah, and it was like a fadeaway, like on the move type of shot that you wouldn't normally be expecting to go in. It was an an Arizona State style shot too because it went so high that you're just like you you can think about all kinds of things as the ball is in the air. You know, and actually what's in. what's uh, kind of depressing wor- worrying about this is this is usually the time of the year when Lou Dort is all of a sudden good at something. He's mm-hmm. really good at something. Two mm-hmm. years ago, remember he shot like forty five percent from three, He's crushing it through yeah. the first you know ten or twenty games. Mm-hmm. Last year it was his finishing at the rim. Like all of a sudden he was just good. Yeah. And and then both of those things kind of returned to the mean as the season went on. Right now, offensively, like it's it's hard to find anything to get super excited about. He's shooting fifteen point four percent from three right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it was you who asked the question to Mark in pregame. Was it about do you prefer Dort taking corner threes or above the break threes? Yeah, I asked him. I asked him if if he was giving if he was getting the 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 kind of shots that he wanted him to. Was my question. Yeah. And then he, I can't remember. He basically he did the equivalent of just throwing the uh, question back in my face. Was just like no, Ooh. like like he just like he's like, well, that's not really. And then I just said, okay. Do you want him taking more corner threes, or are you sat, or are you satisfied with the above the break threes that he's taking? Yeah, and he, and he said the the data shows it's just whether they're open or not, and how contested they are. Like he should not take contested threes, is basically what he said. Um, 
which my response, if we were sitting down, just he and I over a cup of Joe, I would have said, "Yeah, nobody cares if Ludor shoots threes. <laughs> you know, like who who's really contesting Lou Dort? But it's funny because, and he mentioned this, and I actually looked the stat up the other day, Lou was 39% on pull-up threes last year. And he was like 29% on catch-and-shoot threes last yeah. year. So it's not necessarily... that. That's what makes it hard. It's like, it's like how do you shoot a, a pull-up three from the corner? <laughs> you know, you don't. You sh- Those are catch-and-shoots. But catch-and-shoot last year, he was not good. And so part of me wonders, and I, we know that he's working with Chip. Like, we know that that's a thing. Um, and part of working with a shooting coach is not always like this linear progression. Sometimes it's, hey, man, I need you to, to do something different than you've ever done in your life with regards to shooting the basketball. And sometimes you have to like take a step back to like really move forward. And I think that's part of part of like I think about Russell. And you think the Thunder like never offered shooting coach or shooting help for Russell Westbrook? Like absolutely. They they had to have, you know, because he was just not a very good outside shooter. And but the problem is sometimes you have to look like Lou Dort, one of eleven. And some of it's not just the shooting, like some of it's like the decision making, the driving layups that just you know, and just like the the whiffed finger roll. Like there's more to it than than just this. But I just wonder if behind the scenes like Chip is like working with Dort on changing his shots some. And all of and it's hard to see, it's hard to tell because from what the players have said when I ask about Chip is like he just makes these like little tweaks with everybody. Like just simplifying things, uh, and so I just wonder if like Chip is working with him. And Mark said, Mark said like you can blame me for the way he's playing. I'm putting a lot on his plate, and I want him to to evolve. And sometimes, what did he say? Like, grow, oh, I want him to grow. He's like, this is in the name of growth. And sometimes growth is painful. And so, see, I I saw. I thought that was a really interesting quote. Um, uh, fully acknowledging that, like, obviously, I, I don't know anything, but I watch these games and I'm like, oh, Lou Dort's playing like Lou Dort typically plays, yeah, on offense. Like, I I don't see what change he's talking about. Like, w- like I would love to know the details of what he has been asking Lou to do. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that too. is so much different than what he's done in the past because it, it's for for a casual, it's hard to pick up. Yeah, for a first level thinker, it's hard for us to see. What? What? <laughs> for someone dumb as hell, <laughs> that and that's what that meant when Cressy said that. That's what he was, he was he was calling us. That's exactly right. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know either because I watch I've rewatched Lou's possessions a few times, and like one thing that really stuck out to me was just like on most of his drives, like Zubak is just there, and it's really tough to finish over that guy. And then hey hey hey. Zubac was right there. Zubac Bots was right there on a lot of those Trey drives, Andrew. He was, and he, and Trey missed too at the rim, and was he got blocked by Batum. You know there were there were some some there were some rough Trey possessions too last night. But 
you know, and they pull Lou. He only plays 25 minutes. I mean, there's definitely some some stuff to it. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like either with what he's asking of him. I mean, he just was clanking threes. He had an air ball. I mean, there were just – it just didn't look good. Like, there were just – and I agree with you that I don't – it's not apparent what he's asking of him yeah. and what is so different. Um some of it, some of it is decision making. Is something that, like a conclusion I feel like I can jump to is just like they want him, and maybe he's thinking too much because in the past, like Mark has always, you know, thought of of Lou as just a guy who's just like so in the game and in his head that he just is just going, like he's just the motor just runs high and he just goes, and maybe. Part of it is just asking him to slow down and think the game a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna try to keep digging into that, you know, with with Mark and with Lou if we get a chance to. Um, because it is, it's interesting. Like it's just to me, it's really interesting to, to to see, like a player like this that we know we know he's better than this. This is, well. You know, a part of Lou's season this year is just the rough start that he's had, you know, and it's a, it's a long season. I asked Shay, like, how do you encourage Lou, you know, through times like this? And he said, well, he's like, I don't – he's like, we've seen Lou go from undrafted to what he is. We've seen him, you know, you know, evolve from a guy that couldn't shoot the ball. He's like, he went from a guy that couldn't shoot the ball at all to what he is today. Um, so he's – you know, Shay's like just like this is a long season. This is he's gonna have ups and downs. It's just the way that it is, and it's just unfortunate for Lou that it's happening at the beginning of the season because a lot of our ideas and thoughts about the league and about teams are formed like early on, like the first like ten to fifteen games, and like all we've seen in four games is like a pretty rough Lou Dort outing, and he just got his contract, and there's just. There's a lot of reasons to feel disappointed with Lou, but I would just like caution people like just hang on. Like just like don't, don't like you know, dump this guy like at the beginning of the season after four games. I mean, you have to remind yourself it's been four games. You know, there's if this were game forty to forty four, it would just kind of be like, Yeah, whatever, like Lou's having a slump right now. But because we just this is all that we've seen, like this is the only sample that we have. It just feels way more significant when I, I honestly don't think it's super significant with regards to like Lou and his career. Yeah, no, it's not that. I, I think for a lot of fans, it's more that we talked about how Lou's role on the team felt a little outsized the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it felt like, okay, we're finally going to get an opportunity to see what a more contained Lou Dort would look like. Yeah. And to be fair, it's not like he's taking like, you know, second most shots on the team, mm-hmm. even. So you know, he took eleven shots last night. Um, it's just the way that it has looked uh, has, has it's kind of dampened some of that preseason excitement of sure. like, oh, we're getting Lou Dort back. He's going to be in a new role. Like we're getting like old school Dort defense is coming back, and it just has kind of the the start to the season has felt a little underwhelming in that respect. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has been. There's no, there's no question. 
but and and similarly i I feel similar about poku like i'm just a little especially after the preseason like the the start of this season he's of course had nice moments but it's overall i feel like has been disappointing from where we were thinking about him yeah yeah the game seems to have sped up for him a little bit Um, yeah and you know he's clanking wide open threes and you know i don't know overall like you can see improvement in like his floor game from you know year one to now like you can see that that's there it's if you just when you're playing in the nba you just have to be able to make shots <laughs> it's just a part At of it. some point yes. you know you can't be a guy that takes shots and misses all of them you know and he had some nice moments. Like he had a, a a layup that that went in. He had a pick and roll from Shea that he finished a wide open dunk. Like those were good moments. You know, he had his like ultimate Poku moment where he you know, steals the ball and takes it up the court and around the back up and just you know doinks the layup. You know, that's it was like the ultimate Poku moment. And you know, Mike Muscala was luckily there to finish it for him. But yeah. Also, just like like Trey, when he misses threes, it's 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 all good. Like you you still feel good about the shot. You know, sometimes I even believe that they went in just because it looks so good. Like Poku at the end of the third quarter, when he airballed that three, that I mean, it sailed so far above. He's sitting in the corner, which is supposed to be the easiest three point shot for NBA players. You know, just sails just so far over. You're just like, oh man, like this, this aim is way off. Um, and uh, luckily, like, Poku was just able. You know, his teammates were there to redeem him. You know, every single time because Kenridge gets the offensive board, throws out to Shea, who's like hits this super deep three and makes it, and it became like an exciting moment. But like, I think people forget that it was born from this uh, Poku air ball that was just. Oh, it was rough. It was rough. The, yeah, that four of thirty wasn't just twenty six missed shots. Like there were some interesting attempts mixed in there. Interesting attempts, like really bad misses. I was talking yeah. to to Barry Trammell about this last night. That like misses don't shouldn't misses shouldn't bother you. You know, guys are gonna miss. For the most part, guys are gonna miss more than they make. You know, that shouldn't bother you. Trey Man's gonna miss more shots this season than he makes. That's just the way that it is. But the way that Trey misses is like very acceptable, you know. Even like in if Steph Curry goes zero for ten in a game, like you know he's going to draw iron on all ten of those, and he's just had an off night. But with some of these misses, and you can throw Lou into this group as well. Like some of the misses are just so bad that you're like, yeah, that just had no prayer of going in. Like it was <laughs> right. just not. It was just not going to happen. And those are the. Those can be concerning. And now the thing is, like, you still have this just very – we have to remember, like, how young some of these guys are, and they're all just kind of thrown into this pool of thunder potential and who's going to pop. Like, we know we talked about Trey being a guy that's popped, and, you know, Poku, you know, started the first couple games, and we thought we were going to get connector Poku, and then, you know, I don't know if his screws need tightened again or – 
I don't know. I don't know what. Take him into the shop, Andrew. Take him to the shop, which is probably the G League. I just, I just really don't want him to go back to the G League. And again, it's been four games. We've seen a lot of the same Poku stuff. We've seen some. I mean, there are some visible improvements there, but there's also just, you know, I, I tweeted Poku is, and I explained this on Thunder After Dark last night too. Like, I didn't mean for people to uh, tell me what they thought he was. I just wanted to just be like, Poku is. Like, he just is. You know? Like, this is Poku. You know, Poku <laughs> well, Poku. if it is Poku, it can't be Poku. Poku is eternally Poku. Good or good or bad. I don't know. I, I just I just would... It's so easy, especially with Twitter and with Reddit and with everything, to just want to, like, jump to a conclusion. Even with, like... Trey Mann and with Dort and with everybody like you just want to just like you want to know and you want to have a like a fully formed idea and you want to just you want to get it out there into the world yeah but especially with a lot of these young guys odds are most of them aren't going to work out like that's just the way that it is but just we got to let things play out a little bit especially with a guy who has like such high variance like Poku um and and Dort, who's obviously has some high variance as well with in his game, like just just be careful with like jumping to like giant conclusions with these guys, especially this early on. Like, let's can we can we get twenty games before we look at lineup data? Can we get twenty games before we define somebody's career? Like, let's just give it. I'd say just give it twenty games. Like those those are the moments where I think you can look back and like look at the league look at the data and say like this is what it tells like that's this is what the data tells us about who this team is this is what the data tells us about who this player is i think that's enough of a sample to kind of figure it out but um all right i gotta go al you got anything else uh no the last guy i was going to bring up is i'm just interested to see what they do with usman jang moving forward yeah um if he gets any g league time because I get the idea that he's looked good defensively, at least yeah. as far as positioning. Yeah. But like, I don't know what he does on the offensive end or what he wants to do other than him sh- just shooting open threes. I don't think he um, knows yet. I don't think he knows. I think, and Mark has yeah. said many times, like the game is really, really fast for him right now. And, and it looks that way. Yeah. Yeah. He's one that it's just like, this is going to take time. And that's okay. Like that's to be expected for a guy as young as he is and inexperienced as he is and, you know, experiencing a new country. I mean, there's just a lot. Like, he's going through a lot. And so, but defensively, he's, I think he's going to be really good. I mean, he's already showing at least a foundation of a player that understands what's going on on the defensive end and can slide his Mm -hmm. feet really well with just about anybody. So that's encouraging. Same with Poku, like he's gonna have to make shots. Like he just that's just a part of it. Like that's part of being an NBA <laughs> it's player. Pretty much everyone on the Thunder. Yeah, making shots. So uh all right. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Next Thursday, Alex, you'll be there. Down to Dunk Night. You'll be there. It's gonna be great. You can get tickets. I'll retweet it from my account at Andrew K. Schlecht. I'll also re- uh retweet it from the Down to Dunk account. Click. The link, get yourself some tickets. You're going to get a chance to win courtside seats to a Thunder game of your choice. So we'll do a half-court shot contest. If you win that, you will get tickets to a game of your choice. 
It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. So be sure to join us. We'll have a pregame meal over at the Tap House in the Omni. We'll walk over to the game together. We'll enjoy a, a glorious game against the Denver Nuggets. And then we'll get to hang out after the game. Uh, and it's going to be really great. So please join us. I uh, hope you guys have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.